Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here. Uh, I'm so sad. It is a Monday, but we don't have the services of the franchise. Mm. He's off doing family stuff. Once again, at a selfish wedding thing. Very selfish. So selfish. <laughs> uh, joined alongside, though, WizKid from Wisconsin, Alex Gilhar. What's up? Yo. It's uh, Monday. It's my Wow. <laughs> wow. That was wow, the most was- Monday response ever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, MG, my guy Marcus Grant was cracking. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of good sports on yesterday. Too much. A lot of good sports. Too much. Sunday night football was a blast. Uh, we got the World Series game going on. Man, there was a lot of stuff. Uh, we got Matt Harmon as well. What's going on, man? Oh, it's everything is good because our long national nightmare <laughs> is almost over. And no. I'm not talking about the 2016 presidential election. What are we talking no, about? No, I'm not talking about oh. Ty Montgomery <laughs> being given the running back designation. I'm not are talking you, about any you, of those crises. Are you, are you talking about the Jaguars offense? <laughs> no, that is a crisis that will never end, apparently. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the end of October. Yes. We can yes. drink tonight at midnight. You are, tonight. We will yes. be drinking beers as again. Of, as of this recording, you are about 11 and a half hours away. From officially being able to drink beer. Yeah, again. buddy. Pretty I, excited. I need Here to we get, go. I need to get that Bart Scott, can't wait, uh, yeah. drop uh, from would be several good, years yeah, ago. That would be a good drop. I mean, I don't know. Just what pretend you, or listeners, pretend you heard it. That, oh. I, that was Bart Scott. That was not me. That was me. Bart Scott. That was good. <laughs> Thanks, Bart. Appreciate it. All right, we got a big-time show in front of us here today. We're going to talk about Sunday Night Football. It was a good one. I, I enjoyed watching that one, finally. Uh, we're going to talk about your disappointments and what to do moving forward. Talk about some top performers as well. And, of course, we'll hit the waiver wire on this beautiful Monday afternoon. But, as always, we start with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news. We shall start in New Orleans. I've got my tea ready. I am a lizard today. <laughs> Mark Ingram. Uh, is he done as a feature back or was this just a message? Because quite frankly, 
He had negative points, negative fantasy points on Sunday. Five yards on what, three carries? I think it was three carries. Yes, he was benched, essentially benched as soon, soon as, as he, he fumbled uh, the rock. Yeah, I don't even know if that ball had hit the ground yet, and Sean Payton was like, yeah, you you <laughs> come, you sit over here. <laughs> Second straight game with the fumble lost, and Sean Payton uh, basically buried him. I don't I don't think we saw him the rest of the game, did we? We uh, did not. We did not. And oh, it was all of the Tim Hightower. Yes, and ESPN's Britt McKendry tweeted this morning that Saints running back Tim Hightower earned more carries for next week's game versus the 49ers per a source, uh, said the team has committee approach no matter starter. Uh, uh, so here, James, let me just get this out of the way. Okay. Anyone want some tea? I do. <laughs> I, would, I would enjoy that, yes. I, I find this whole situation fascinating because um, Tim Hightower also fumbled in this game. His just so happened to be recovered by the Saints. <laughs> so he was then given 26 carries, yes. which Mark Ingram hasn't seen that level of volume since November of 2014. What? He has not seen more than 23 carries sin- in a is game that true? since November that of is 2014. Insane. Which is why I'm like, what in the hell happened in this game this? for them? One, to, to give up on Ingram so quickly, and right. two, to give Hightower an unprecedented number of carries. As we were planning out the Monday NFL Fantasy Live show, the consensus was that this was personal. Like this was more than just Mark Ingram putting the football on the ground. It was like it was like he showed up at Sean Payton's house and ground his feet on the couch. Hmm. <laughs> I mean uh, forget your couch. Basically that was Sean, it seems like that's what happened. They should have never gave you money. <laughs> I, I would I do wonder if, it, if there is something going on behind the scenes a little bit because I mean you you do have to wonder what's up. Like Ingram hasn't necessarily played poorly. He hasn't played great, but he hasn't played poorly. And if there was any running back that seemed to have like a really solid workload week to week, it would be Mark Ingram from last year. So I don't really know. It's also weird. I saw somebody tweet this that they subbed out Mark Ingram, who averages fewer fumbles per touch over his career than Tim Hightower. Oh, good. Tim Hightower <laughs> has historically over his career been a more fumble prone running back than Ingram. So Marcus, that's a good guess. It kinda it might have to be personal. Dude, when when lower. when coaches get into the I'm gonna punish you for fumbling thing, logic goes out the frickin' door. I, there, there's never any logic it's to it. It's one of my least favorite things it is, ever. It is the most like psychologically backwards thinking thing you can do to a running back. Like that thing I really don't want you to do when you do it I'm going to yank you out. So you're not going to think about it anymore, though. It's very, very stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, fumbling is not necessarily – it is kind of mental, though. Yeah, in, that's in what terms, I'm saying. No, no, in terms of, hey, you got to really focus on protecting the rock. Right, but you also can't overthink about, like, oh, God, I'm going to fumble. I'm going to fumble because I feel like then you fumble. Well, you're putting – you're like pre – it becomes like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because, I mean, look at what happened to Tiki Barber, right? He had a fumbling issue. The coaching staff just said no. We're done with you, pal. And he really worked in the offseason to fix his running style so that he'd hold it higher and tighter. But I think that's different than yanking them in games. That's true. Because it also, like, look at same team, David Wilson. That guy's confidence, I mean, he obviously had, like, a neck injury and had to retire anyways, but, like, that wrecked his confidence when uh, when uh, Tom Coughlin did that to him. So you really That's have, true. and also then they're out. Not only are they might be predisposed to fumbling more because they're thinking about it, but they're certainly going to be running with less aggression, yes. and less tenacity There's because they're that. thinking so much about holding on to the football. I always, and I don't want to sound like a homer, but I always point back to in 2007. The Packers were playing the Seahawks in the divisional round of the playoffs. Ryan Grant fumbled twice in the first quarter that led to 14 quick Seahawk points. You would think. 
They would have pulled him oh, yeah. and sat him. Oh, yeah. No, they kept him in. He set a Packers franchise playoff record for rushing yards. Which is crazy. Like It doesn't make sense. Uh, 26 carries, 100-plus yards for Tim Hightower against Seattle. Pretty good. Volume. Uh, Sean Payton said Hightower, quote, definitely earned more carries. It appears that this could be a backfield committee moving forward. I will say this. If the fumbling is really the reason and they don't trust Mark Ingram – and if Tim Hightower also puts the ball on the turf, what does that mean? Let's go, Daniel Lasko. Let's go. Oh, Here's here what it go. actually means. Let's go, Daniel Lasko. <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, by the way, Daniel Lasko did get a few carries in that ball. Did I think he saw five. There you go. Uh, Spencer Ware left the game with a concussion, as did Alex Smith, although the team says it's not actually a concussion for Alex Smith. Spencer Ware is in concussion protocol. Jamal Charles, meanwhile, in that backfield is going to see – Dr. Death, a.k.a. James Wow. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, Death. Well, James Andrews is a noted orthopedic surgeon. Surgeon. He's uh, the last person you want to hear but that's a fantasy the thing. player. When, right. Yeah, when when the association He's, happens, that's bad. Well, yes. it's, it's not to say James Andrews isn't good at his job. He's but, amazing at his job. But they go to him when right. they fear the worst. That's why. Absolutely. That's, that's how you know he's good, because yeah. it's like, oh, something's really wrong here. <laughs> Let's go see James <laughs> Andrews. Let's go see James Andrews. It's like when you know Uh-oh. stuff goes awry in America, and they call Jack Bauer to fix it all in 24 hours. There you go. <laughs> when something goes awry for a fantasy player's injuries, they're like, get Dr. James Andrews. Mm. I mean, and that's why, and that gives me a lot of concern, right, for Jamal Charles? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, he's going to see James Andrews, his knee, oh, God, his age, too. I don't know, man. It's just a lot of bad signs there. All right, so let's talk about Charkandrick West, though, from a fantasy perspective. Uh, he's got a great matchup coming up. Um, do you guys – I mean, I'm assuming he's available in a large number of leagues. Yeah. You've got to go get him. He kind of headlined the waiver wire article this week solely because, I mean, he's not as good as Spencer Ware or right. Jamal Charles. But Obviously. Last year, before they did the split between him and Ware, West had some very serviceable weeks, lar- largely because of like just pure volume. Like He's a decent pass catcher. He can run between the tackles. Yep. So I-, I think he's definitely a must-add this week, and he'll, at worst, if he gets the whole share of the touches, be like a high-end RB2. Who else is there in Kansas City? Anybody? Uh, D'Anthony Thomas? Yeah, the, the, the Black Mamba. That's it? That's mm. They might have I some mean, other scrubs. I'm but. sure there's maybe somebody on the practice squad or somebody that they may sign off the street, but okay. right now, that's it. Keep killing Man, there ain't nobody on the street. The Packers have needed a running back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had they had Niall Davis, and they traded him to the uh, to the Packers. True. So they, they, had, they had Davis, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they have Anthony Sherman, the fullback. Oh, no. They also have Zach Brooks, a running back out of Clemson, rookie. On their practice squad, and Darren Reeves, who's popped up here and there Ooh. over the last couple of years. Yeah, I remember him. Former Carolina. Panther. Correct? I was going to say, I remember him yeah. being bad with the Panthers. Oh, okay, good. Uh, in Tampa Bay, speaking of running back uh, injury news, Jacquez Rogers suffered a foot sprain, uh, left the game in the second half versus the Raiders. Greg Ullman of the Tampa Bay Times, yep, spotted him in a walking boot. Dirk Cutter doesn't sound optimistic, especially on a short week. Antoine Smith and Peyton Barber. Ain't nobody saw that coming. Are the only other back- what you mean when they fed the five foot seven running back like fifty billion? Yeah, when they when they fed when they fed James Coe sixty two touches in back to back weeks. Dude, he I'm- had like another twenty last week yeah. too. I'm sure I would never get hurt. Take- he was rocking though. I mean, he was <laughs> two games. Quiz Quiz was playing well last week. He was, too, he but was. Uh, Anton Smith was the one that came in and saw more work than Peyton Barber after Peyton Barber saw more work last week. So, all right, I mean. 
I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Which I was is really sad because the matchup this week is uh, is pretty good. It's nice. Well, it's a revenge game for Anton Smith too. Oh, oh. yeah, because we got a lot of tweets about how we effed up on some uh, revenge games. <laughs> well, mostly, <laughs> Donald mostly, Penn mostly the Donald Penn. Can't revenge. believe Come on. we whiffed on that. No, yeah. James, that's okay. bad on us. Okay, all right. All right. We call ourselves analysts, <laughs> sure. and I we can... missed a layup like that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um. Oh, this this would have been a, a revenge game for Quiz. Oh, oh that's true. God. It would have been layers oh, no. of revenge. But anyways, so uh, I think I think Smith is the pickup. This team seems that it, to be more inclined to defer towards the veteran as opposed to giving Peyton Barber a huge workload. And we know from uh, Anton Smith, what was it two years ago, starting Atlanta, where yeah. the dude's got home run ability. So absolutely, didn't he fumble last in this? previous game that just happened. Peyton or Barber did, too. They both fumbled, I oh think. Boy. Or maybe not. I don't know. But I know, I remember seeing Anton Smith do something b- incorrect. Okay. So, <laughs> it's a, probably just a mess. I mean, they're they're going, is it in Atlanta? Uh, in Tampa. Oh, so it's in Tampa. Oh, Has no. the team fixed Peyton Barber's team webpage? Like, they had him listed as a linebacker. I don't know. I like I like Peyton Barber, though, and he's the bigger back. I think if I was... I like him, too. I think if I was going to start one of these two guys... I'd probably play Barber for no real reason other than I think that he's actually, you know, could be a halfway decent player. He's bigger, too. He might be the goal line back. I don't mind Peyton Barber. I, I mean, I watched the tape from Auburn. I yeah. thought he was okay. Yeah. I no, mean, he's, you know, nothing jumped out at me, but I thought he was a, a, a very serviceable. Barber only played like a year at running back at Auburn or something, didn't he? Like, yeah. didn't he convert or change positions or something oh, did he? like that? Yeah. I, I, don't, like I, I, don't, that. I don't remember that, but I, I do know that, like, he did bust off, like, a 44-yard touchdown, I think it was, in, in two, uh, weeks ago. two weeks, two weeks ago. ago. But that was against San Francisco. So. That was against San Francisco. <laughs> Everybody does that. But he was he, he was getting a little burn in the early part of the game, too. So That's I true. Mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a better game on Thursday night than Smith, who I think is washed times two. Uh, yeah, actually, I just pulled up uh, our old Peyton Barber scouting report from the great Matt franchise. Um, Lovely. He was uh, just a single campaign as Auburn's featured back. He was a redshirt sophomore when he came into the draft. Huh. Mm, yeah. I forgot that this was a Thursday game, too, on top of that. Yeah, it is. Yep. Well, that's why Quiz doesn't have nearly any chance to play. Yeah, he's got no chance. Is, it, is that game exclusively on NFL Network? No, it is also on NBC, I believe. What? Oh, yeah, that's right. We're sh- yeah, okay. I believe it, it goes to NBC. Because I know they like me to railroad a, a spot start from the Thursday night game so more people watch it. <laughs> that's that's what <laughs> equates to viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Harmon writes up Kendall Wright and everybody's like, well, Yeah, let me watch that game. Clear I mean, my Thursday schedule. I mean, you're laughing at it. That was a discussion in the meeting. Like, if anybody can rail some Thursday night players into your content, please do. Oh boy! Uh, you know what? I stand. We're corrected. opening the kimono here. At, yeah, we uh, really are. <laughs> but by the way, I stand corrected. It uh, is not NBC. It is exclusively NFL Network. NFL Network. Boom. Yes. Boom. Come and get it, people. Then That's I'm going right. to have to throw Peyton Barber in spot starts. This yeah, week. buddy. Woo-hoo. Here we go. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, in Pittsburgh. <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Big Ben reportedly back at practice on Monday. That's interesting. And Ladarius Green was taking first-team reps, I believe, as oh, well. Oh, was he? Yeah, I buddy. I saw that tweet. Uh-oh. And he returned to practice last week over the bye. Watch out. Here we go. I'm starting to think that the Steelers might not be completely forthcoming with their player diagnoses. Oh. Well, the thing is, mm. Ben Roethlisberger, nobody likes to play up injuries more than him. I mean, this is a serious injury, but like with him, the report could legitimately be like, Ben's going to miss four to six weeks, and he plays the week after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. This <laughs> so is a, like, I, don't, I don't trust anything around Big Ben and an injury. I think the I- initial diagnosis was probably accurate, and then he went to the team's like, hey, can you sauce that up? Because I'm trying to play hero. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, got a, I got a gun for an MVP. I got a gun for an MVP 
here, so could you yeah. guys like what up that guys? by a couple weeks? So oh when I come well, this happens with Ben every year. James, he, it's literally I mean, every time he I, gets injured. I'm not saying that's not true, but it, it, couldn't it just be that he's tough as nails? Next time it's going to be he's yeah, a, no, he no, has no. a life-threatening <laughs> like arm injury, and he comes back to throw 400 we, yards. We are not saying that he's not tough as nails, and I mean, I have been on the record saying that we should never question football players' toughness, because if I did like half, uh, not half, a quarter or just anything that they do on the football field, I would die immediately. It would spontaneously combust and turn turn it's to ash. Dash, yeah. Yes. But I think he definitely likes to let you know that he's tough as nails, too, okay. and likes to be celebrated that he's tough as nails. So that's all we're saying here. Oh, man. Just so much. I mean. Dude, he's played through tons of injuries, but my God, <laughs> we always know about that. Yeah. There's, oh. there's a reason. All right. Uh, the jaded fantasy fans over here. I love it. Uh, Will Fuller hurt his leg, left the game. There's no additional inf- information that I have. I don't know Who if you cares? guys know. Okay, okay, okay. Moving on, I guess. Good Lord. Corey Coleman. It's the Houston pass I mean, like, seriously, like, if Brock Osweiler still his quarterback, there's nothing else to be said. How bad Those was Those were a fun you? couple weeks to start the year. But. How bad was that game in general, though? I didn't understand it. I'm like, okay, the Texans got the softest secondary in the league. They've got two tremendous weapons on the outside in Nuke Hopkins and Will Fuller. And wow. I think they really just took the air out of the ball. I mean, Brock only threw 29 passes, and Miller, even though he came in pretty questionable. I was going to say, so then they just, they like just they load up their injured running back with yes, touches. Their injured <laughs> running back and their Alfred Blue running back with a bunch of touches. And I mean, for what it's worth, they won the game. I mean, to be, to be frank, I think the Texans, with the limitations of their offense, want to play like a bootleg version of Chiefs football. Where it's clock control, Ugh. lots of runs, spread the ball out a little bit, score points, and let your defense go to work. Because that defense, despite losing uh, one of their top cornerbacks to IR a couple weeks ago, still had a held a strong Detroit passing attack right. that had Theo Riddick and Eric Ebron back yep. to only a, like 200-some passing yards. There you go. Mm. All right, Corey Coleman has been cleared to return to practice. He said Hooray. Pre- previously that as soon as he starts practicing, he's playing. So I would imagine he's playing. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. I mean, this this Browns offense uh, with – I don't know. I mean, it, do you guys think that they will stick with Josh McCown or do you think they will go back to that's, Cody now, That, to me, is the biggest question of the week with yeah. this team is that do they stay with Josh McCown? Because Cody Kessler, I mean, obviously they're winless, but he didn't play – Terrible football. Dude, he surprised I think he, the hell out of me with how well he played. He has he has a future not only as their long term backup quarterback, I think, but also the the argument that people will use for them taking like a, a left tackle or a defensive end number one in the draft, which is going to be a not a, a just exhausting uh, because because it's, <laughs> it's a bad argument. They need a better quarterback. But my point is, I think that he is going to be somebody that is part of their team's future. But for for us idiots here if, with fantasy, like Josh right. McCown is obviously the preferred option because I think he unlocks the deep game a little more. I would agree with that. Uh, personal note, how about this? Andre Johnson retired after 13 and a half seasons. 1,062 regular season catches, 14,185 receiving yards, 70 touchdowns. This despite playing with David Carr, Tony Banks, Dave Ragone, Matt Schaub, Sage Rosenfels, Matt Liner, TJ Yates, Case Keenum. Okay, first off, I think this is the first time anyone has said Dave Ragone's name out loud. <laughs> I don't know how long. I saw that name on the rundown. I was like, oh, Ragoon. <laughs> James uh, is trying to slip food products in here. <laughs> are, you to, are you trying to get us a sponsor? Hey, Ragu. Hey. <laughs> uh, honestly, I mean, look, obviously he's been, uh, I don't know, kind of taking through the coals over the last few years. But, you know, honestly, though, 
What a great career. Yeah. I tweeted that th- that exact same thing this morning. Like, unfortunately, because, like, we have to turn everybody into a punching bag at some point <laughs> right. uh, in the fantasy world. Like, Andre Johnson definitely became one as, like, a complete joke in Indianapolis last year. Yeah. After coming in with a pretty decent amount of hype. I know I was on Johnson last year. Whoops. Uh, but – and then, again – even in Tennessee, it's been even worse. But yeah, right. great career. I still remember, you know, talking about Case Keenum that Thursday or that Sunday night football game in 2013 when he had like no touchdowns all year from Matt Schaub. Case Keenum comes in and immediately drops three on him. And for some reason, that's like a very strong memory in my in my football. <laughs> that was when you life. fell in love with Case. Keenum. That was when I first fell in love with Case Keenum. And, Perfect. Uh, yeah. So I think that I think it, yeah, it was a great career, and I'm glad to see him go out when he wants to. You know who's you know who's unhappy about this announcement is um. Cortland Finnegan, because that video oh surfaced again today. My. Yes, it did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, Dang that video no. came back up today. If you're a young fan or you haven't followed the NFL super closely other than your favorite team, you need to go. Dan Hansis wrote about it for NFL for Endaround, NFL.com slash Endaround, and relive the Andre Johnson v. Cortland Finnegan fight. I know shadowy league figures are probably their ears are perking as we mentioned this, <laughs> this spat, but it is like a legendary, legendary. moment of the last like ten years. Oh yes. my god, that was just a straight beatdown. Especially because and people have been mentioning it all day. Today. <laughs> Andre Johnson was such like a a like quiet just a mild-mannered yeah. guy like he wasn't like a especially in that era of wide receiver like with steve smith and chad ochocinco and randy moss at the top of their games yep then you had andre johnson like productive as hell right among the rest of them but you just never heard from him and he just beats the hell out of Cortland finnegan <laughs> on the field it was and it was unreal and like finnegan's <laughs> one of those guys that like you know he jacks at everybody and then yeah <laughs> boom Johnson let him have a business. <laughs> uh, a couple other things about Andre Johnson. Yeah. I know one of my uh, good buddies from college was um, from the Houston area and was a big Texans fan. And Andre Johnson, every year when he was there, would do a Toys R Us shopping spree for the kids where yep. he would give like like hundreds of kids that you know weren't going to have a great Christmas would go in and they'd have like five minutes to fill up their carts and yep. he'd always foot this massive bill. And then as for like how great he was during his career in like Hall of Fame candidacy, uh, since the merger in 1970 – He's second only to Jerry Rice in seasons with 1,400 or more receiving yards. Oh, my God. Is that other guys that all, he had four. Also, other guys that also had four, Randy Moss, going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Marvin Harrison in the Hall of Fame. Larry Fitzgerald going to be in the Hall of Fame. Calvin Johnson only ever had three. Antonio Brown has three. He'll, he'll probably surpass that. But yeah. And when you, mention, when you think about that in conjunction with the list of quarterbacks you mentioned that he played with, his uh, his talent and accomplishments kind of stand above that crop there. Yeah, I mean, he had a few really good seasons with Matt Schaub. And, and, and you know, David Carr, great hair, great guy, super, super nice dude. But just, I mean, in that era, it was they had no chance. The offensive yeah. line was terrible. They had no run game whatsoever. Andre Johnson was still producing. I don't know, man. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch him play, especially he played the right way. Um, and I know we're not talking fancy here, but it was it was pleasurable to watch that dude play. A big body receiver, great hands, very physical, but also pretty fast as well. Mm-hmm. He was special, man. I, to me, he's a surefire Hall of Famer. I, I don't see how he's not. All right, let's talk about Sunday Night Football. Um, the Cowboys took on the Eagles. The Cowboys, in overtime, beat the Eagles. Dak Prescott put on a game um, in terms of fantasy. There was a couple of, especially that uh, that you know, and uh, the the red zone interception that he had was bad. 
Yes, it was. That was horrible. It was bad. From a real football perspective. But from a fantasy perspective, Dak came through, man. Um, What do we make of Dak moving forward? Um, I mean, he is a he's he's played well. There's no doubting that. He's also been uh, shockingly consistent. He's been shockingly consistent, but he's also every time I look at Dak, I say he's got a good matchup. He could put up a good number, but I always feel like there are a handful of other guys that are like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd rather start over him. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's kind of that guy that he's he's at this point. I look at him as kind of a fringe QB one. But I always just seem to find somebody that I like a little bit better on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that Des Bryant being back is a, is a game changer because Des Bryant uh, last night. The difference between the two quarterbacks, we can talk about that later. But uh, Dak Prescott's ten point two average of air yards on his completions led all starting quarterbacks, and Des Bryant's twenty four point one average air yards per reception, and this all comes from Next Gen Stats, led all wide receivers. In week eight. So, I mean, he definitely unlocked a different dimension of the offense that wasn't there when he was there. Which, but, by the way, when I say that Dak Prescott is a fringe QB1, he's currently the 11th best quarterback. Right. So Adam, he is, baby. He really is a fringe QB1. <laughs> right 10, now. 10, 10 team it. leagues, just on the outside. 12 team leagues, just on the inside. There it is. There it is. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I think right now this Dallas offense is, is definitely rolling. I like Dak, especially, you know, he just fits with what they want to do. And, and those NFC East games are going to provide him plenty That's of good what matchups. I'm saying, man. Um, I'm going to give you a hot take, all right? Okay. I think Dak Prescott uh, is a top five quarterback moving forward. I look at him and I see so much of Russell Wilson. And the fact that Russell Wilson uh, never really had those kind of receivers. Mm. Uh, I like the receiving core that they've got there with Des Bryant. I, I didn't know how you healthy. Cole Beasley, team number one receiver. <laughs> oh, stop. So, no, you know Des saw 14 targets I know. Last I'm, night. Just, <laughs> I'm just being a troll. <laughs> no, but that being the case, though, you, you mentioned Cole Beasley. He's a great underneath guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they still got a couple of tight ends, you know, whatever, whoever you want to throw out there. Jason Witten's not, obviously, the Jason Witten of old, but he's still there. Uh, they've got a few other options there at the tight end position, too. And they've got Zeke. And they've got Zeke. I don't know. I, I look at his schedule moving forward. Uh, he, they've got the Browns. They've got the Ravens. They've got uh, the Redskins, uh, the Buc- Buccaneers, the Lions, the Giants. I mean, the schedule's pretty soft. They've got one matchup against the Vikings that is uh, fearsome. No, you don't do that. Uh, I do not want any piece of that. But other than that, I like what D- Dak Prescott's bringing, especially because from the consistency standpoint, the rushing yards, he gave you a rushing touchdown as well. I don't know, man. I, I think he's going to be a top five. Uh, quarterback moving forward. I know that's a hot take, but that's mm-hmm. I'll stand by it. Um, speaking on the other side, Darren Sproles. Hello. I don't know what the hell is yeah. happening with this backfield. <laughs> no clue. And I, with Francesca being clue. at the wedding, I, I uh, pinch hit for him yes. on the running back portion of uh, the opportunity report. Which okay. shouts to Gelhar. He's been he's done a hell of a lot of work between <laughs> Sunday morning to, not, to right seriously. now. Did not do much else other than work. That's why, like, last night after I took care of some affairs, I just poured a glass of wine because I you can't go. have a beer. And I played, <laughs> I played some video games before I went to bed. Cause Almost. I was, like, I was like, I need to escape <laughs> this earth for a second. Yeah, man. But... Like, last week in a horrible spot against – or two weeks ago or whatever it was against Minnesota, Ryan Matthews was the featured back, and yep. he did fumble. Then this week, you would assume that that's going to hold true, but no. They give 15 carries to Darren Sproles, seven targets in the passing game. Well, I don't think Sproles had seen more than two or three targets in a game uh, since, like, week three or four. And Ryan Matthews only had four carries. Four carries. Thankfully, he got the end. But, like, legitimately, you, I think Sproles and Matthews are the only ones you can own. But I don't know what, what else to do with this backfield. Like, good luck choosing which week one of them is going to 
be the starter. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I really, I mean, obviously, I, I really liked what I saw from Sproles, but it's just as you mentioned. Here's, if they kept giving him the ball, I'd love him. Here's here are Sproles' target totals throughout the week, the season so far: okay. five, two, six, four, one, three, seven. Oh, He's okay. only had more than twenty-five receiving yards in one of those games. And that was when he like went for over a buck twenty-eight. Yep. Yeah. So like he's just way too inconsistent to trust. Very. Inconsistent. But he's seeing a ton of snaps because he's a veteran and a very good role player. And Matthews like, is still a red zone player. I mean, he yeah. scored the red zone touchdown last night. Yep. By so, the way, I feel like you can yeah. take that same analysis and extrapolate it to the Eagles offense as a whole. Oh, this is the worst that's offense. That's a good for point. You know what? That's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a fine NFL offense. offense, but it's a disaster. No, it's. Offense. I don't even know if it's that good of an NFL <laughs> offense. So last night I talked about comparing the two quarterbacks, like how yeah. much Dak Prescott attacked down the field. Carson Wentz, five point one average air yards per attempt, okay. four point six completed air yards per or per his completions. I mean, that is just That's dink and dunk and dink and dunk. And look, it's not all on – like I tweeted this out last night and the, the tweet caught fire, of course. Like when you hit a good storyline right after the game, that's how you win on social, boys. But uh, <laughs> with, with these with these next-gen stats. but like, And you're like, hoping Shadowy League figures are listening to this podcast. Someone please listen. <laughs> but anyways, like – a lot of Eagles fans chimed in and said, well, you can't blame this on Carson Wentz. I'm like, for one, bro, this is an opportunity-based stat. It's not a, like a player comparison evaluation. But the coaching staff, this is what they seem to want to do. Doug yep. Peterson came out this morning and said, I don't see any reason to change that. We went 9-0 and doing this in Kansas City last year, which is like, oh, my God, dude, small sample sizes, hello. Apply, try to please use some logic here. But also to, to the Eagles offense, like they don't have receivers that can win downfield. That's right. Jordan Matthews is a total underneath guy. Yep. Nelson Aguilar is a total underneath guy. He can't get vertical to save his life. And then Doriel Green-Beckham is just not to the point where they're ready to trust him that much. He could be if he got there with his size yes. and things like right. that, but he's not. So you're, you're 100% right. They do take the occasional shot downfield. It just never works out. <laughs> they, I don't even uh, – I'd have to – I have to – let me stall real quick okay. as, we're, as we're talking here. But he didn't attempt to pass longer than 20 yards last night. Just really? I thought was, I saw one, at least no, one. Not not longer than 20 air yards. You well, can, 20 air yards. Maybe it, maybe, it, maybe it came back on a penalty or something. But All right. No, I don't, I don't think it Well, I will, I will say this, though. Jordan Matthews, I mean, especially in that touchdown drive where they went hurry up, that was where they were their most effective. Unfortunately, it was also it looked. I mean, I, I, the broadcast team was talking about, "Hey, is Chip Kelly still here?" It did kind of look like a Chip <laughs> Kelly offense because they were moving so fast, and yet when they went back to a two, it again looked like the bad version of the Chip Kelly offense, where it's the hurry up three and out. Uh, regarding Jordan Matthews, I had been talking about the last couple of weeks how you can kind of just cast aside this entire Eagles receiving core because it was so spotty. Right. Here are his target totals this season. Okay. Fourteen, nine, three. Four, Ooh. seven, four, fourteen. Oh, no. Whoa! So like, will the real Jordan, will the real Jordan Matthews please stand up in this offense? That's weird. Well, they want to be. I mean, they want to be Kansas City. Like yes. they want to be a run heavy, control the clock, and you know, dink and dunk down the field. But they don't have the personnel to do that. Right? Why don't now. They, they want me to enjoy watching their games? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, they because they went nine and zero doing that last year, yeah, dude. So but, obviously the transitive property is going to happen again. I will say this though: it, it's a good way to protect a young quarterback. Oh yeah, I mean, no question. And. They looked good doing that earlier in the year. Yep. This has been their approach pretty much all season, but they just, again, they don't have receivers that can win much beyond that. Okay. Their, their protection's also starting to worsen as well with, uh, what, what's Lane his name? Johnson right, Lane Johnson, on, uh, thank you. Suspension. Yeah, he's suspended. They also don't have... 
the running backs to do that either. That's the big problem is that you can dink and dunk your way down the field when you have running backs and get chunk yardage, but when you have Ryan Matthews in and out of the lineup and then you're relying on Darren Sproles, it doesn't work. All right, let's uh, talk about some fantasy disappointments here and talk about what to do moving forward. Russell Wilson uh, was universally drafted as like your quarterback three or four, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been – look, I know he's injured, but the stat totals don't lie from his fantasy perspective. He's been bad. He hasn't thrown a touchdown since week four. Week four. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he, he was drafted as the QB three or four, but he's dealing with three or four different injuries now. He's sure. got one ankle, the other knee, and a pectoral, and I think that's like he's kind of been indestructible to this point in his career, but those are taking their toll on him now. Uh, I would I would 100% agree with that. And, you know, you look at uh, he's only really had one great game, right? He had against that three touchdowns against the Jets, three touchdowns against the Jets. Um, I don't know what to do with Russell Wilson. I mean, do you cast him aside? Because if are you really going to – I, 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 I think you cast him aside. I think you, if you have him, you can't keep taking L's in your quarterback right. spot when you could even at least be streaming. Like, right? That's what sad, I was say. That's, I think at this point, at like, this point, you're streaming at least. Yeah, and you can't. You don't want to sink a roster spot on a quarterback like I just said. That right. Dealing with three separate injuries. Right. To his le- to both of his legs, which were, you know, not critical to him playing, but were a big part of his fantasy success. Yep. And then his throwing arm. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's different than last year where he was struggling because the offensive line was giving him no time and they were trying to run the ball a lot and then he caught fire in the back half because the offensive line gelled. It's different than last year because of the injuries. Yes. Well, it just makes everything worse. Like, okay, so Russell Wilson threw 14.7% of his passes outside the pocket yesterday. That's up from his season average of 11, but it's not even close to his almost 20% average from 2015. So like that improvisational playmaking ability that takes him from a really good quarterback to a sensational quarterback for real life and for fantasy, that's gone right now. I mean, that's just not part of the equation. And, you know, here's the deal. The quarterback position doesn't matter in fantasy. Like, you can make it work week to week. So, it's true. While I don't – matter for fantasy. Exactly. Thank you, me. Uh, <laughs> like, it, you can replace Russell Wilson pretty easily. And, yeah, you sunk a, a maybe fifth, sixth round pick into him, seventh at worst. Oh, yeah, at worst. Like – that's don't don't get caught up in that like that's months ago don't just I think you can cut cut bait and like yeah he might come back and and kill it in the second half of the year if he gets healthy I expect that to happen but who cares like it doesn't matter you can make this work without and again but the thing about that is if you have been starting Russell Wilson every week your team may be struggling and it's getting late right now I mean we're talking about week nine your regular season is ending soon so it is probably time it it just I'm looking at it and the thing that blows me away is Russell Wilson in his career has averaged almost 35 rushing yards per game obviously running the ball is a big part of what he does 100% this year he's averaging 6.3 rushing yards per game it's a bit of a drop six (laughs) <laughs> Bit of a drop there. I would say Aaron Rodgers is averaging more rushing yards per game. I would I would suspect so. All right, there you mm. go. Uh, let's talk about Cam Newton, shall we? Uh, Cam Newton, uh, it, and oh, by the way, Russell Wilson took on New Orleans. Just after That was <laughs> the biggest disappointment. Yeah, that was rough. That's crazy. That is crazy talk. Uh, Cam Newton, uh, he obviously was not happy with the officiating in that ball game against Arizona. But uh, he, again, he's another guy. You're not going to cast him aside because the upside is too great. But uh, he has been up and down this season. He also also dressed like he was going to take his wrath out on Gotham City yesterday. (laughs) 
That was so great, though, like the was memes the light, and everything. Was it the light pink suit? The light the pink suit with hat, the green hat the and the feather. Like, I just, the one, I saw one where, you know, he's looking down, like, and then, the, like, looks up, and it's like, what we have to do is kill the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. Yeah. Pure football-wise, yes. Cam played really well yesterday. Like, he moved the offense. He made completed some good passes. Sure. He had some good rushing yards. They won 30-20. to 20. Yeah, they just... The, the way the touchdowns fell, you know, they gave yeah. they gave goal line touches to Jay Stu as I as I predicted yep. on this very show. Oh, and okay. then uh, put they, the tea drop. They on. also okay. had a had a. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. You mean this? Anyone want some tea? And then they also had a scoop and score. So like, yeah, uh, you know, it was just it was kind of a weird game script. These happen to all good good quarterbacks, and he'll he should bounce back next. The reason I, I bring up Cam Newton though, um, he had a great game against New Orleans, not so great against Arizona, but. Uh, you mentioned Jonathan Stewart and the team trying to feed their running back around that goal line. Isn't that a trend that we should expect to continue moving forward? They're trying to limit the the number of hits that Cam Newton is taking. I would imagine Jace, and but here's the thing, from a standard uh, fantasy league perspective, it's those rushing touchdowns that really drove his value up because you always got those two extra points. Well, they have been trying to protect Cam a little bit. He still took five carries inside the red zone this yeah. past week. Seven total carries for 43 yards on the day. So, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, this is, I mean, the Cardinals have played really good defense this year too. So, I mean, it was a home game. But I think if the touchdowns had swung the other way, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Right All right, now. there you go. Uh, Tyron Matthew, by the way, for Arizona, expected to be out for three to four weeks. Dude, I, I tweeted this before we came on here. Like, the Cardinals are totally rocking the this is fine emoji right now, or meme right now. Because, right. like, for one, you just mentioned Tyron Matthews, three to six week absence. Jared Valdir, their starting left tackle. Or tricep gone. He's IR. on IR. Then they were already having problems in protection. So the Cardinals could be in trouble. Okay. Mike Evans versus Oakland, the team that has given up the most receiving yards in the league. 50 yards for Mike Evans. Julio Jones versus Green Bay, 29 yards. Green Bay, which was missing their top three corners. Julio Jones had 29 yards. Can, what do we make of Julio Jones? I guess like, can we like, just acknowledge the fact that with Julio, it is either amazing or it is awful. Like he's had a three hundred yard game. There, there haven't been a ton of in between games for Julio Jones. Um, I mean, he had a hundred seventy five yard game, right? But I mean, so let, let's. <laughs> he's also had a let's sixteen yard game versus New Orleans. Just ignoring touchdowns, yes. the the yardage totals for Julio Jones week to week. Yes, sixty six. Okay, one hundred six, sixteen. Oh boy. 300, <laughs> 29, okay, great. 139, 174, and 29. So it is it is either all in or all out pretty much for him. I think there were a couple things that contributed to this. One, uh, Julio tweaked his ankle early in that game. Oh, he did he? Went yes, yes pass, he did. He landed, and then he like noticeably limped off the field, came back on, and he ran some routes. I mean, there were times where he looked to the sideline and like, shook his head like, no, like I don't know if this is to, to not take me out or like, no, this is not good. But also, the Packers focused so much on Julio Jones, it opened up the middle of the field where Mohamed Sanu just ate. Thumped him on, on the on the game-winning drive, yes. especially. Yes. Matt Ryan's doing a good job, I think, spreading that ball around, too. I mean, yeah, we've been talking about this on the, on this podcast for a while now, that, that these games are in the car. Whether the, the health or, you know, whatever happened on Sunday, these, like Marcus said, we've seen these games before, and I think we should, you know, be... I don't think, you know, like, what can you do? You're not going to sweat about it too much. Like, right. for God's sakes, relax. But, like, at the same time... 
these games are in the cards for Julio Jones because they have Muhammad Sanu. They have Taylor Gabriel who caught a deep pass. Mm -hmm. They have the running backs that they involve. Austin Hooper looked pretty good, you know, catching passes again over the middle of the field uh, on Sunday. So, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, you're going to get these games from Julio Jones. At first I thought it was maybe a trend where, you know, if he was facing bad secondaries because I remember that New Orleans game. But then you kind of look. Uh, you you, go, you look what it did against Carolina. Uh, yeah, you know, and it's just I don't know. It's just all over the place. I, I don't know. I it, think it's just. I mean, it's just. It's, it's random. kind of random. It's not yeah. going to be something that random. you can predict. But it's like, look again. We talk about this all the time. Like, if the team is winning football games, they don't need to redistribute their passing game to suit your fantasy needs. Like, Tis these, true. these games are going to happen for Julio Jones and. Sorry about your luck. All right. Uh, we'll go to the Houston-Detroit game. DeAndre Hopkins, 44 yards. At this point, what do you do with Nuke? Trade mm-hmm. him. Bench him. Um, I think I think you got to hang on to him, but it is it is tough starting him. The only, the only reason, because I looked at this last night, I was just curious, and the only reason I see to, to have any sort of hope about Nuke is because the schedule, the schedule is so dope. good. <laughs> But this was line. supposed to be a part of that. I know, and see, that's that's where I'm conflicted because the the game against Detroit was supposed to be that one where he got right a little bit, right. and it didn't happen. Was it the 44 yards or something? 44 like that? yards, seven targets, right? And we talked, but they took took the air out of the ball. I mean, but like you look at the the next few games. I mean, the Jaguars game is not one that I would really lean on because Jalen Ramsey has done such a good job against number one receivers. Right. But Raiders, Chargers, uh, you know, the Packers can can give up some yards. The Colts. Uh, I mean, th- so there are a lot of really good games coming, but I just, I don't know, I'm, I just have no faith in Brock Osweiler to suddenly turn things around. The Texans owner, I believe it was, said today that, well, listen, Brock is still basically a rookie. Yeah, I saw that and I, what? Threw, I threw up a little bit. <laughs> Which, like, I guess, what? sure, he's not played very many, he's not started very many games in the NFL, but beyond the, like, reasoning that you'd spend 70-something million dollars to get that guy, whatever. What, t- <laughs> what, um, what is he talking about? I, I, but, I, but if they're going to approach, my point is, if they're going to approach this offense like he is a rookie quarterback, then, yeah, these again, these games are going to be frequent for Nuke. Bucky made a really good point on the couch yesterday that I ha- that hadn't crossed my mind. Brock found success in Denver with catch-and-run receivers, where he would throw it short to Sanders and Thomas, and they would do a lot of the work, and that's not Nuke's game. He's yeah. never been a yak monster. He's not a burner. Like, what did he have, like a James 40 captain, captain 40 time over there? <laughs> definitely. It was like definitely. Four, five, six yeah. or something like right, that. So, yeah, right, right. Nuke, Overall, his athletic testing was not very yeah, good. Yeah, Nuke, Nuke wins with his you know body control and positioning and contested catches and yeah. stuff like that and making stupid plays on the sidelines, not as a catch-and-run receiver. And mm-hmm. like it's Brock's throwing style and Nuke's playing style are a little bit in conflict right now. Uh, and also, like you have to be an accurate quarterback to have those, those catch-and-run opportunities for a receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, who that might not be his game. Certainly he can function after the catch, but yeah, like you you can't just throw a dude a contested catch and then be like, go get yards after the catch now. It doesn't work right. <laughs> well, to to that point, I, I was just about to make that point as well because I, I don't see – I do not see DeAndre Hopkins recovering this year. And, and the reason for that, you mentioned that yak yardage, right? Uh, last year in 2015, uh, despite having 1,500 yards – he was he ranked 118th in terms of yak yardage for wide receivers, mm-hmm. 201 yards after the catch. Um, that was right behind Kamar Aiken, also okay, also right behind Todd Gurley. <laughs> Some <laughs> okay, <laughs> That's Todd Gurley had like 29 catches. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, he does not get yards after the catch. That being said, he is a guy that thrives on the deep pass. He had 19 catches of over 20 yards last year. That was really, uh, really good. I, I, I'm going to stall here for just a second. I, I, it was like in the uh, top 10 in the league. It was a lot. It was it's a lot. lot. Let's it's put it that way. It's a lot. Uh, he tied A.J. Green and Odell Beckham Jr. for the most uh, 20-yard receptions or, or more last year. So he's a guy that absolutely needs to get downfield. But then we start thinking about Brock Osweiler. And then yeah. we start thinking about the philosophy of the Texans. They're not throwing downfield. Well, and because yeah. Osweiler can't really get the ball accurately down the field. Nope. Well, and when they were, they were using Will Fuller as the take take the top off the defense downfield threat, not Nuke Hopkins. I'll guarantee you a catch if you put it near me 20 yards down the right. field kind of threat. Yeah, definitely just difference of styles right now. Marvin Jones in that same game, 33 yards since his 200-yard game. So we're talking about a five-game sample. He's had 74 yards, 37 yards, 10, 94, and 33 just this past week. He's only had between five and seven targets in those five games. So he's not seeing a ton of volume. What do we do with Marvin Jones? Cry. <laughs> yeah, it looked like the first few weeks like it, that he had clearly established himself as the number one receiver and the rest of these guys were going to play sort of like ancillary roles. But right. you mentioned it. It's it's all about the volume. And in those first you know two or three weeks, he was dominating the target share, seeing well over 25% in each of those games. Double-digit target. Now, from weeks four to eight, it has not been that way at all. You've seen, even when Theoretic and Eric Ebron went out, then they went to Golden Tate. Yeah. And it just hasn't been that way. So since week so since week four to eight, he's seen 19% of the team targets. Like, that's, that's not good. That's week-to-week volatility, inconsistency, playing a role, not a feature player. You're playing him in the flex. I, don't, I can't imagine you're going to move him, though, no? Well, I don't think that you're getting any uh, value back. value out of that. All right, there you go. James White uh, didn't do much, but uh, the blowout, I, the only reason I put him up here is I know he's not necessarily a disappointment because a lot of folks didn't even play him. But, again, it goes back to that blowout game trend, right? Uh, and we saw LeGarrette Blunt get some work as well. Uh, he played well, uh, or at least from a fantasy perspective anyways. James White didn't do much. Uh, that trend continues there for the New England Patriots. All right, let's 100% uh... – touchdowns for LeGarrette Blunt when Tom... Oh, that's right! That's also... Uh, it's still, it still alive. Huh? <laughs> still alive. Let's go! The dumbest trend of all dumb trends. I love it. Top performers, Derek Carr, 513 yards for the Oakland Raiders. Did I read that right? That's a fa- franchise single-game record? That is it a is. franchise single-game record. Holy hell. Four touchdowns as well for Derek Carr against Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, 315 and four touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers, 246 through the air. Four touchdowns for him. Also added 60 rush yards as well and a two-point conversion and a two-point conversion folks mm. I, I love that rando two-point conversion love it uh kirk cousins in london 458 through the air two touchdowns uh and a interception as well um very quickly i, I want to get Wiz your thoughts on, on aaron Rodgers. the the team is just decimated by injuries uh, it may, if you're talking about how in a chance to win the game on a fourth quarter drive with 30 seconds left, valuable targets were going to Geronimo Allison, then <laughs> yes, they've been decimated with injury. Geronimo are you, Allison, Trevor Davis. Are you ignoring that, wide, Janice, that, wide, receiver, that wide receiver Jesus was out there for yeah. a good portion of the day? Uh, I mean, I guess he, di- he didn't have uh, – you know, couldn't, couldn't raise the team <laughs> last time. 
This was the best Rodgers has looked in over a calendar year. I was tweeting back and forth with Wessling a little bit about it during the game. Because you know how, like, he, was, he wasn't, like, horrifically off on a lot of his throws earlier in the year. It was just like, man, this isn't, this isn't Rodgers. All of those throws were on target. His, on target. His, the throws where his feet were set and he had sound fundamentals. The throws where he's off balance and whipping it from sidearm spots, which is dropping him in the bucket. So I think this is, I think this is a good sign moving forward. I mean, obviously ATL's bad defensively in the secondary, yeah. but still encouraging. Still, I mean, four, four touchdown passes and, you know, all right. that extra yardage is nothing to, to turn your nose up at. And uh, they still haven't turned the backfield over to Niall Davis or Don Jackson, which was kind of surprising. They actually ran Devontae Adams out of the backfield a I few know. times. Took sni- six only snaps sna- there. Only six. So but, no, he caught, but they targeted him four times. Yeah. He caught all four of those for he's, 33 he's, yards. He's not going to get running back designation either. <laughs> uh, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you had some fun with that. I, 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 t- <laughs> I uh, just tweeted. I had one tweet where I said, Devontae Adams clearly the best running back on the Packers. That's great. But anyways, <laughs> I think it's very encouraging for him moving forward, and he's got a, a cushy schedule coming up too. He's got the Colts this week. Uh, they so played, weird they he didn't played. get 300 passing yards again. Yeah, it was it was strange, but I think that's just kind of the way the game the game went. So there you go. Uh, hey, Kirk Cousins popped up on this list. Can we talk about how money Kirk Cousins has actually been since that Week One debacle oh, dude, against Pittsburgh? Fantasy, he's been dynamite. So since then, he's had 23, 22, 20, 15, 20, 24, 29 fantasy points. Boom. Wait, on what scoring system? Oh, I was just looking at our website. Oh, I was looking at NFL.com, and it's got 24, 21, 17. 12, 17, 19, 18. Oh, well, maybe I was in the wrong league. I don't know. Oh. Anyways, point <laughs> point being, though, I mean, Kirk Cousins has been great, and he's thrown an interception in all but two of those games yeah. that we were just talking about, too. Like, he's been a pretty good, solid floor play as a fantasy streamer. Mostly because this team loves to throw the ball. That they, they throw do. the ball a ton. I don't they know don't what really, their pass run, run splits are, but they've got to be up there in terms of uh, pass attempts per game. I was uh, looking at a six touchdown or six point per touchdown. Ah, but so either, even even in standard scoring, his floor essentially is like seventeen points a week. It's pretty good, which is very dependable for a starting quarterback. Hundred percent. If that's a guy, if it, he's got to be a guy too. Where if you have Russell Wilson, you're, you're definitely thinking about streaming in. Oh yeah. Cousins. All right. I think he's owned in quite a few leagues, but for your the record, James, he's second in the NFL and pass attempts, only two behind Derek Carr. Holy hell, there you go. From the running back position, Jonathan Stewart, 95 rush yards, 20 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Matt Forte continues to work in a volume capacity. 85 rush yards, 16 receiving, two touchdowns for him. Theo Riddick, welcome back to the party, pal. 56 rush yards, 77 receiving yards. Had a touchdown there as well. Ton of targets, ton of receptions. He was PPR goal. Uh, it, by the way, Dwayne Washington. He's dead now, right? Put him back yeah. on the waiver wire. I was fun while last. And week. Zach Center too. I had to spot start him in a couple things. I was like, well, they're probably not going to load up Theo Riddick with all the touches. Right. Nope, that's exactly. That's what exactly. Oh, uh, no, that's did. exactly <laughs> what they did. Uh, Devonte Freeman, thirty-five rush yards. Surprising. Twenty-three receiving. Did redeem his day with two touchdowns, one of each variety. The, the Green Bay run defense did come back to life a little bit, not facing Ezekiel Elliott. Right. The two yeah, touchdowns helps. certainly right. helped. Um, by the way, just a, a note at the running back position, I, and I was thinking about this today too, from my various fantasy teams, I didn't notice a single running back played poorly. Um Really, when you look at it. And then I was also looking. I was like, nobody did that well either. Yeah. Uh, 25 running backs scored double digits in standard scoring this this week. Uh, the most from this season. Only time this season that no running back has scored more than 22 fantasy points. So, J- Jonathan Stewart with 22 fantasy points was your leader. 
but it's the only time this season no running back has scored more than 22 fantasy points. So there was no, like, just game buster. Well, you know what it was? 21 different running backs scored a touchdown this week. I would I would venture to guess that's one of the highest totals of the It's got to be. Yeah. But it was, there was a lot of uh, scoring parity at the running back position uh, this week. There wasn't a guy where you're just like, oh, geez, I just went against that guy. That sucks. It was a real good week for all those running backs that you took in the first two rounds of your draft, like Theo Riddick, Derrick Henry, Mike Gillisley, Rob Kelly, Bilal Powell, <laughs> Chris <laughs> Rogers, Devontae Booker. I was like, where are you Isaiah going with Crowell. this? I was like, oh, okay. okay I got <laughs> you. Spinning the narrative all here, right, buddy. I got you. All right, I got you. Amari Cooper at the wide receiver position, 173 and a touchdown. Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill, folks. 98 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I feel like we should talk a little bit more about Nick Foles in just a moment here. But J.J. Nelson, 79 yards and, a, and two touchdowns. Jameson Crowder, 107 and a touch. Des Bryant, 113 and a touch for him as well. But let's go back to uh, the, the, the Kansas City quarterback, uh, Nick Foles. Again, we're not sure that Alex Smith is actually in concussion protocol because the team says, no, he doesn't have a concussion. But um, the offense looked different with Nick Foles out there. I got some numbers on that for you. Hit so, uh, Nick Foles' average air yards of in- uh, intended air yards, 15.5. Alex Smith, 8. Oh! <laughs> average air yards on completions, 4.1 for Smith, 10.7 for Nick Foles. Hello. So, I mean, definitely brought like a downfield element to the to the team right away. And Tyreek Hill with that 40 speed, man. Uh, who was it that told me that he had like 4.3 speed? I, I believe it, at his pro day he ran a 4.2 something. Oh, uh, hey, by the way, uh, breaking news from breaking news. Ian Rappaport. Yes. The Packers have released Niall Davis. What? Wow. R.I.P. What? This is uh, according to Ian Rappaport. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, Didn't they trade to get him? Yeah, like a conditional seventh round pick. Okay. So basically they gave up a ham sandwich. So legitimately, they, they just aren't going to run the ball anymore. <laughs> What's up with – okay, no, but really, though, can I go back to Ty Montgomery? It, or, like, for reals, are they going to, like, give him that RB designation or no? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens this next week. Oh, my if, God. Like, Please don't bring this up again. <laughs> I mean, for reals, though, like, if they just drop Nile Davis, like, what? Don Jackson's your only RB? Uh, well, James Starks, I guess James Starks is coming probably back. coming back in a week or two. You know, he's, I don't think he'll be back this week, but maybe in a yeah. week or two. So they're yeah. probably just going to stay the course with their running backs or with their wide receivers play, doing snaps out of the backfield until Starks comes back. That's crazy talk. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's wild. Out of the, bo- this, out of the this, box thinking This here. is fine. From Mike McCarthy. <laughs> this is fine. Uh, tight end position. Gronk led the way. Anyway, so, 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 sorry. I don't yeah. want to circle back to J.J. Nelson. By Please. the way, oh, two yeah. touchdowns. He played more snaps than any wide receiver with the Cardinals. We know Michael Floyd and John Brown came in pretty questionable. Right. But Bruce Arians said today that he will be a starting receiver going forward in their three, oh, wide, is that re- right? in their three wide receiver sets. Oh, get some of that. Wait, who did he take out? Mike Floyd? Floyd. Oh, yeah. okay. There come you on, go. come on. All right. Did you really need to ask that? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a stupid <laughs> oh, question. I, I thought maybe John Brown. I don't know. Brown played about, I think, 54% of the snaps, more than Michael Floyd last week. But, yeah, I mean, I think that it, when they go their three wide receiver sets it'll be Nelson, JJ Nelson Brown and, and Fitz wow that's a lot of speed on the outside isn't it it is for a team that can't protect the passer and their quarterback can't go downfield it's a lot of speed oh okay great wow man okay J- 
Gronk led the way at the tight end position, 109 and a touchdown. Tyler Eifert, welcome back, kid. 102 and a touch. I'm uh, so glad I benched you in my league. Cool. Oh. <laughs> he saw all the targets. Yes, he did. Him oh, and A.J. Green combined hell. for 71.5% of that the true? team targets. Oh my there were a couple God, targets, crazy. too, when I was watching that game. There was one play where Eifert was legitimately triple covered. Toss it to him. Well, Dalton threw it right where the triple coverage wasn't, and Eifert just stuck out his hands and grabbed it. That's great. I was like, you had to have had a better option, but whatever. <laughs> On your bench. Yep. Travis Kelsey, uh, 101 and a touchdown. Welcome back, son. And one hell of a dance after he scored, too. I didn't see the dance. He's he's known for his dance. Yeah, he's this got was, a lot of good This ones. was pretty good. He's got a lot of good ones. He's a good-looking man. Uh, he had that reality show as well. That's Chase why you put a good-looking person on television. Oh, there you go. Um, I don't know. He's still super, super inconsistent. But I, I'll be honest. I, I'll be honest. If Nick Foles somehow starts next week, I'll be interested in that. Uh, Jordan Reed had 99 and a touchdown in his return from a concussion as well. And C.J. Fedorowicz, 43 yards and a touchdown. Notable because. Detroit versus tight end trend. The Doyle rule. The Doyle rules. The Doyle yes, rules. Yes. It Adam continues. Rank calls it. All touchdowns catch tight end or all, all tight ends, ends oh versus <laughs> all tight ends versus Detroit. Just delete my account. Basically, catch what touchdowns. basically when you are are looking, if you are trying to stream at the position, you look and you say, A, is this tight end playing the Lions? Yes. B, is this tight end named Zach Ertz? Uh huh. Now, if you can answer yes to the first question and no to no. the second question, uh-huh. then start the dude. Okay. Yeah. Al Zeidenfeld from uh, from DraftKings and ESPN calls it the flow ch- one of the flowchart defenses. Like, I need a tight end this week. Who is to playing Detroit? <laughs> that person goes in your lineup. <laughs> first, this is like this is like the Oakland Raiders last year. Pretty much. Hey, but by the way, Fedorowitz only thing working in the uh, in the passing game for Houston. Oh Jesus. But for but but for real though. No, like, but seriously. for real. He's, no, I he's agree. Really been the no, only I, thing that's I, working for Houston. I mean, what oh, so like sad. over the last four months, he has to be among the highest. Or four months, four weeks, he's got to be one of the. He's the top, a top five scoring fantasy tight end over the last four weeks. Oh God, please don't tell me that's true. That's ex- that's one hundred percent true. Is it true? Yep. Oh, From weeks no. five to eight, despite the fact he's seen the second most targets to DeAndre Hopkins forty three, which. Oh my God! He's turned twenty-three catches out of forty-three targets. Holy Anyways, CJ Fedoritz has twenty-eight targets, leads the team with two hundred fifteen yards and two receiving touchdowns. Oh my God! Don't tell me that's true. That's sad. I'm looking at the no, numbers. That's exciting. It's we got a new player to trust. Woohoo! Oh boy! <laughs> uh, let's talk about the waiver wire. Alex Gelhar writes a piece every single week. I, I just, I, I always marvel at the fact that it comes out this soon. It comes out on Monday. Comes uh, out on Sunday night. Comes out on Sunday. One comes nights. out on Sunday night. Deep dive comes out on Monday mornings. Dude. Uh, so I mean, big big ticket guys to get if you need running back help. Like Rob Kelly's going on his bye, but he could be seeing more work. We already okay. talked about Shark West. Yep. Gillisley could be the guy again in Buffalo. Also, Derrick Henry. I mean, I know he's owned in most leagues, but if for some reason his owner cut him loose, my God, go get him. Like I did. Uh, the Packers wide receivers, Ty Montgomery and Devontae Adams, are still owned in fewer than 50% of leagues. Go get them. Jamison Crowder's breaking out from the slot. Kendall Wright, still going to be a rotational player, apparently, in Tennessee, because they don't ever want to start their good wide receivers, but he's uh, he's putting up some numbers for him. I know, Harmon, you talked about in the op report, I think, about his floor, though, being like 14 yards. 
uh, Kendall Wright. Uh, yes, because he plays. Sorry, I tuned out. No, I, it's did, okay. I did that thing where I stopped listening. I, 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 I tried to help you back into it. Thank you. I'll just out myself. That's fine. Oh, um, but yeah, no, I mean, the sandwich between those two games was he had that 14 yarder uh, against whatever, whatever team they played. Oh my God, I'm falling apart. But uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that's in the cards because they said they don't want to make him more than a rotational player for reasons. Um, and J.J. Nelson's a good pick. He's also going into his buy. A lot of good guys are going into their buys. I mean, if you need a spot start this weekend, I think Rashard Matthews, Seth Roberts, and Russell Shepard, those guys have five touchdowns, I think, combined over the last three weeks. So. Hey, what was the snap count for Russell Shepard? 35%. Yeah. 35%? Uh, but, I mean, again. how many total snaps? Because the, the coaching staff had talked about limiting him to 30 snaps total because he was too important for the special teams. He's their special teams gunner. That is actually a pretty good point because he is – I mean, that's how he's made his bones in the league so far. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, so I, I guess that makes sense. And he did uh, – Cecil Shorts actually saw his snaps dialed back. So I think maybe that could be part of the – But the number was 22. He snaps. played 22 snaps and still got a touchdown. 22 snaps on offense. He's yep. seeing Jeez. a bunch of targets on his limited snaps, that's though. That's crazy. So when he's playing, he's an important part of the passing attack. That's insane. Um, also worth noting that, like, guys coming off of injury, now's the time to give him a, give him a look. Like, I, like, Darius Green was the main guy in deep dive. I like it. Deion Lewis is coming back soon. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Uh, Sammy Watkins could be a name to yeah. look at. Oh, James yeah. Starks. He shed. The shed. <laughs> shed. <laughs> yes. We had a good joke in Slack this morning because uh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt allegedly shed, shed a $5 million mansion in they New Orleans. Shed it. Shed it. I'd like, I'd like to <laughs> shed a $5 million. <laughs> right? I really uh, need to get this $5 million mansion off my uh, back. I got to shed it. And, uh, then, yes. uh, and then Corey Coleman, too. Like, if you can scoop some of these guys up a week or so before they actually come back, like, you yeah. can get some good value. Like, I did that in a couple leagues with Dante Moncrief and was yeah. rewarded this week Hello. Um, with starting him. So. Those are some of the guys. Check out the full list at NFL.com slash waivers and NFL.com slash deep dive. I love it. All right, let's do Daily Daps and get out. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hook. Give me daps because I'll be squirbling right. Give me dabbing up daps and bow daps and all right, Daily Dap time. We'll start with my guy, MG, Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, Daily Daps, because it is Halloween, Daily Daps to a movie that I love that I watch on Halloween. Um, I know everybody tends to go for the, you know, Friday the 13th, Halloween's sure. Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I'm daily dapping The Abominable Dr. Fibes. 1971 Vincent Price, sort of like horror comedy classic. What the hell? Um, exactly. What the hell? It is It is amazing. Um, basically, the premise of it is uh, Vincent Price is the titular Dr. Fibes, who oh. is uh, attempting to avenge the death of his wife by murdering the doctors who worked on her surgery team oh, solid. Uh, in all sorts of really bizarre ways that are sort of vaguely but not completely connected to the biblical ten plagues. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, it's Vincent Price in oh, weird makeup, and it is amazing. Um, Dr. Fibes? The abominable Dr. Fibes. Yes. Does um, he write a start and sit column every week? <laughs> he, he could. Uh, you know, he could do that sort of thing. Uh, and so now my my next goal is actually go out and find the sequel to this movie. What? Uh, yes. Which Don't I tell have, me there's a sequel, brother. Dr. Fibes Rides Again, oh, which I have not yet seen, baby. but uh, I am, uh, I'm totally going to go find Dr. Fibes, or Rises Again, I should say. Oh, uh, but uh, The Abominable Dr. Fibes, I watch it every year on Halloween. I watched it on Saturday again and was amused. Um, I think you can find it in a lot of places. If not, I believe you can actually watch the whole thing on YouTube. Oh, okay. So there you go. There you go. All right, let's go, Matt Harmon. What's up? 
Uh, yeah, so I was on the couch this Sunday with uh, John C. McGinley, humble brag, sorry. Uh, but yeah, for, it was really cool uh, for NFL Game Day Blitz, and I just wanted to give uh, my daily dap out to him. Who was that guy? He's He played Dr. Cox in, in Scrubs. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. And uh, was in Office Space as well. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but anyway, so he was on the couch this week, and it was actually really cool to be able to meet him, not just because I'm a fan of his work in Scrubs and uh, other stuff as well, but like he also does a ton of work with uh, special needs uh, children, oh, cool. and he's a big part of the the R word, spread the word to end the word. And it's something that means a lot to me. I used to work with uh, intellectually disabled adults before I got here. So I just want to give a daily daps to him and anybody else that works with that population because it's really cool. And I just, it was cool to be able to, to talk to him because we've actually tweeted back and forth about that sort of stuff. And I was like, hey man, like I really respect, you know, what you do because it's something that, that means a lot to me too. So wow. yeah, daily daps to him. All the feels. That's good stuff. Alex Gelhar, what you got? Uh, well, it is Halloween today, and it is. Uh, much like Marcus, I'm going to dap a good movie that I actually just watched recently, uh, The Invitation. It was an indie that came out like late last year, um, and it's been on VOD and stuff all this year, or it came out early last year, excuse me, March 13th is the initial release. But uh, it's a small indie about a uh, dinner party that's held at a house up in the hills, and uh, this guy attends with his new girlfriend, and it's the house that he used to live in with his ex-wife. She now lives there with her news hus- new husband. And he begins to suspect that they have sinister plans for all their guests. Mm. It is a phenomenal little movie. It's only like an hour and 40 minutes. It's not like super jump scary or anything, but it does so well, like just building the tension and suspense and mystery and stuff. And it's just, it's tremendous. It's on Netflix, so watch it tonight. Okay. Mm. I the, like the it. The Invitation. It's got um, Logan Marshall Green, who was in Prometheus and a bunch of other things. It has Dario Naharis, uh, Michelle Huisman, I think is how you pronounce his name, uh, from Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And a couple of other, uh, John Carroll Lynch is in it, a couple other good people. It's a really good flick. By the way, pro, a pro tip uh, if you're trying to promote something, don't ever reference Prometheus. Well, I just that's one that sh- that's a something people might have seen him for. Well, I was actually I mean I, I I get where you were going with that. Prometheus. Other than awful. it was terrible. I mean, it, it no, was it long games. and it I was so good. I wanted to love Prometheus, but it was long and slow and terrible. Okay. Okay, so that was his like one of his wow. most his bigger roles. He was such one of the media elitists. No, it was a terrible movie. I'm, s- I'm sorry I don't like things that are bad. <laughs> you just talked about Dr. Fabs' starts and sits. I don't know. James, there is good bad and there's Bad, bad. <laughs> but anyways, Logan, Logan Marshall okay. Green is, is very good in it. Prometheus is just his most high-profile movie gotcha. recently. Okay. I, I can also it. tell you he was in Devil, the M. Yeah, Night Shyamalan <laughs> Devil was an M. M. Night Shyamalan? He like, produced it, I think. Oh, okay. um, but anyways, The Invitation. Throw out Prometheus and its terribleness. Okay. <laughs> Go watch it. It's super good. Just for the record, I didn't... Love it. We'll, I didn't, t- we'll I talk didn't about this after it. the pod. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're still talking about Prometheus? Yes, we Yeah, because it gets me mad just thinking about it. I think it. I've seen that. <laughs> what the I'm sorry. Here's, here's, yes, I have. I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen what? that. What? Um, oh. here's, here's, here's my final thought I'll say okay. on the podcast about it. Yes. I went to a free screening of it, and okay. I wanted to be compensated for oh. attending a free screening <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, I will give a daily death uh, out to, uh, I, I, I guess, Etsy, maybe? I don't know. I feel Etsy. like the – no, here's the thing. I feel like the Halloween costume game has really stepped up over the last couple of years. And I don't exactly know why that is, but I think about when I was a kid and, and trying to do Halloween. Like, people didn't have this level of costuming. Oh, you didn't know my mm. mother. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, by the way, daily daps to you, pal. I saw your Halloween costume when you went on. Oh, that was really good. My Jefferson Twilight. That my was my takeaway from Marcus's costumes. He's yes. gonna look really good as like a silver fox when he gets some. <laughs> hey, in there. hey, there you go. Like seriously, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, man, Marcus looks pretty good with gray hair. Huh. You're gonna be able to pull that look off. All Thanks. right, there you go. You know, it's coming any day now. I saw. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Thanks, pal. Uh, I saw Colleen <laughs> Wolf dressed up as uh, Run DMC. That was good. Uh, but overall, I, what about Gelhar's costume? What was Gelhar's costume? Harambe. <laughs> no, you were not. No, <laughs> you me, were not. Let me just tell you. Obviously, we were together all night. Uh, the wait, what did you dress up as? I was Noctobier. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. that's right. I, I saw. I that. posted that on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was terrible. Whatever. You were Harambe. <laughs> yes. What? The, it let went me just, over about as well as you would have expected. I was going to say. Let me tell you the the common <laughs> reaction <laughs> went exactly <laughs> like this. You're Harambe. Oh. One or, time, somebody uh, was like, oh, you're King Kong. I was like, no, I'm nope. Harambe. Oh. oh. So it was fun. Somebody <laughs> has to have the offensive costume, and I just wanted to honor our dearly departed friend. The best was the when the one girl was coming yeah. out of the bathroom, and you were going in, and, and somebody's like, oh, is he Gorilla? No, he's Harambe. He is not. Yeah, I was in the bathroom, and I heard her yell through the door, he is not. <laughs> But it was a low, it was a low effort costume that gave us a lot of lulls. So I was all for it. <laughs> I gotta find pictures of this. Uh, I don't think we took any for good reason. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, <laughs> but I had a mask and a cabbage patch kid <laughs> I carried around. No, you didn't. Oh no. It was pretty funny to watch you like have a baby doll in your arm the whole night. <laughs> oh my god. Um, what I was gonna that say is about too much, bro. Nah. Wow. About, about costumes being better is yes. I think it also might be tied to the rise of like cosplay and how like yes. big that is yes. now 100%. and how many so many people have taken that with was once an, a niche part of like comic conventions and other Absolutely. things like that has become like super mainstream and it is people, it is a lifestyle. For there a lot are of like people. cosplay artists that right. they, mm-hmm. they don't even they just go to these places and cosplay as different characters and like make a living off of that. No, no, I agree. Mm. I agree. But uh, again, I just go I just go off of what my wife does, which is she goes to Etsy and she looks at how to do this stuff. And uh, and then she gets ideas from that. So, anyways, so whatever. Hey, all I'm saying is daily daps to those folks who who take the time to make creative costumes. That's cool. I dressed up as Chewbacca, uh, which was awesome. <laughs> but that was like a a twenty dollar costume I bought from Target. For God's sakes, I mean that was talk about no effort whatsoever. So, uh, anyways, so there you go. That's your show for the Whiskey from Wisconsin for MG My Guy Marcus Grant and for the wi- uh, for the wide receiver prognosticator from West Virginia. If I could get it all out, Matt Harmon. I'm James Matt Franchise. See you. Did you see the? Uh, Thank you. The fo- the close-up photo of the. Adult apparatus that was thrown on the field in Buffalo. I saw Deadspin tweeted it. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a close up of it. No. It was a close up of it. <laughs> on it was written the words uh, Brady's. Uh, <laughs> Somebody wrote that on there and then tossed it onto the field. <laughs> That's great. Got to credit Bills Mafia. They continually find ways to surprise me. They are. They're pretty amazing. When, oh. And I continue to think that they cannot surprise me any longer. And then they do. It's tremendous, dude. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. 
So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 